This is a podcast called A Badge Well Worn, and it's based on a book by the same name. We will be featuring the men and women who will tell their stories about actual cases that they were involved in some way, possibly as a police officer, a prosecutor, a witness, or even a victim. Our goal is to bring reality to you. Some of these stories were discussed in my book, A Badge Well Worn, which is available on Amazon. This is a story of the missing pharmacist Val Grimberg, age 56. It was mid-morning on Tuesday, May 6, 1980. The criminal court trial of 19-year-old Donald Lee Vicendek had commenced. A jury had been selected, and Deputy Prosecutor Jim Oshevsky was waiting for his first witness to show up and testify that he had not given permission for anyone to enter into his pharmacy in Hammond, Indiana. Oshevsky visited the witness, 56-year-old pharmacist Val Grimberg, at his home the previous evening to go over the questions he would be asking. Grimberg had agreed to be at the courthouse by 8.30 a.m. on Tuesday morning. At 11 a.m. Tuesday, I received a call from Jim Oshevsky, who reported that Grimberg had not shown up at court. The judge had agreed to a temporary adjournment to see if the state could find why Grimberg had not shown up. Oshevsky requested I go to the Grimberg residence on Lincoln Street in Highland, Indiana, to see if I could locate Grimberg. I went to the Grimberg residence, an upper-middle-class neighborhood in a tree-lined street, and I went to the side door closest to the driveway and knocked on the door. There was also a doorbell there, and I rang the doorbell, and I could hear a dog fiercely barking within the house, but there was no answer at the door. So I tried the door and found it was not locked, and I entered. I was met by a Doberman pincher who met me at the kitchen and appeared to be frothing at the mouth, and it was very agitated. I noticed what appeared to be Grimberg's house and car keys on a kitchen table, along with a briefcase, and it appeared he had entered the home and set the items that he had carried to the table. I searched the interior of the home and found that Grimberg was not there. I opened the detached two-car garage door and saw Grimberg's late-model car parked inside. Grimberg was not in the car or in the trunk. Val Grimberg was widowed on July 20, 1976, when his wife, Ruth Elaine Delahaney Grimberg, died. She was 47. They had two daughters, and both were grown and not living at home. Grimberg never remarried, although he was in a relationship with a woman from nearby Griffith, Indiana, who lived in her own apartment. Val Grimberg was the owner of Val's Pharmacy, located at 6520 Calumet Avenue, Hammond, Indiana. On August 11, 1979, the Hammond, Indiana police dispatched two units in response to an alarm at Val's Farm Pharmacy at around 1 a.m. The officers observed that burglars had broken into the rear door of the business and had activated a silent alarm at the police headquarters. Officers searching the interior of the pharmacy found two suspects, Donald Lee Sindek and an accomplice. 
The Sindak was armed with a 44 caliber handgun, which was loaded with six live rounds when he was taken into custody. The Hammond police filed burglary charges against the Sindak and his accomplice, and they were held in the Lake County Jail pending the trial. Both had been unable to post bond. Grimberg was called to testify as to the ownership of the pharmacy and to deny that anyone was given permission to enter onto the property, which is a basic element to criminal charges of this nature. In the meantime, Oshevsky learned that Grimberg's brother was a partner in the business, so he was called to testify as to ownership and that no one had permission to enter onto the pharmacy. The search for Grimberg had begun. I conducted a neighborhood canvas, and I found the daughter of a neighbor next door who had seen a suspicious man a day or two before Grimberg went missing. She got a good look at the man, and her father had called the police in the meantime to check out the suspicious man. However, he had left prior to the arrival of the assigned officer. The daughter was able to assist in developing a likeness of the man in a composite drawing, which she felt was a good representation. He was described as a white man in his early 20s, short, dark hair, and a black leather vest. Copies of the com composite drawing were distributed to the Hammond police and to court officials, along with the local newspapers, in the hope that someone would recognize the man. Court officials viewing the composite recalled seeing a young man in court that appeared similar to the composite. He also wore a, a black leather vest. The young man was later identified by Hammond police as Mitchie Thompson, a close associate of Donald Lee Sendak, one of the pharmacy burglars. It was also learned that Thompson had been driving Sendak's Harley-Davidson motorcycle while Sendak was incarcerated in the county jail. While the search for Grimberg continued, so did the Sendak trial. He was found guilty by the jury and later sentenced to 15 years in prison, the maximum penalty possible. Mitchie Thompson was brought in for questioning. He denied any knowledge of being in the vicinity of the Grimberg residence. I went back to the neighbor's home with a photograph array, which included a picture of Mitchie Thompson along with five other white males. The girl's father refused to allow his daughter to view the photo lineup. He had heard stories of Grimberg being a witness and now was missing and did not want his daughter involved in the case. I was unable to convince the neighbor to reconsider. I arranged to meet with Mitchie Thompson at a local restaurant where I bought him lunch. I was attempting to get a closer relationship with him to gain his trust. It seemed to be working, but he vehemently denied any involvement in Grimberg's disappearance. I had arranged with a highly respected polygrapher to run Thompson on the lie detector. I asked Thompson after lunch to prove his innocence and accompany me to take the lie detector test, and he agreed. I waited in the lobby for the test. The examiner came out of the examining room only after 10 minutes and announced that Thompson had removed the measuring equipment after being asked a single question. Were you directly involved in harming Val Grimberg? The examiner said that he had not established a baseline of questions and would not be able to prepare a written report that Thompson was involved. However, 
It was his opinion that he appeared to be directly involved. There was more questioning of Thompson, and I assigned two detectives to keep surveillance on him, hoping to catch him in some illegal activities that would offer the police some leverage to develop further leads on this case. The detectives were unable to document any activity during the surveillance, and it was suspended after several weeks. After that incident, Vicindac's defense attorney was arrested one night for DUI and theft. I pulled the attorney out of his cell at police headquarters, and he worked as a deputy prosecutor and before going into private practice. We discussed the Vicindac case, and although I was aware of the attorney-client relationship, I asked him one question. Did Vicindac ever ask you what would happen if Grimberg did not show up at trial? His answer, yes. Mitchie Thompson was never charged with any crime related to the disappearance of Val Grimberg. Donald Vicindac served out his sentence after losing an appeal filed in 1982. Vicindac died in 2020 in his hometown of Morgantown, Indiana, at age 60. Val Grimberg has never been found. This story is told in the book, A Badge Well Worn, by James Mitchell. The names used in the book have been changed. However, the name in this podcast are actual names of the individuals involved. Almost as a postscript to the story, Mitchie Thompson, several years later, was sent to prison on an unrelated matter. He was released from prison, and he was rearrested for burglary. I was contacted by one of the deputy sheriffs who was aware of our open case with Grimberg, and I went to the county jail where I asked if Mitchie could be taken out and interviewed. So they brought him out and went to an interview room where I was looking across a table at a guy didn't look like the same person I had interviewed some years before. The man before me was a hardened criminal. His face was scarred. He had lines on his forehead and his jowls, and he looked fierce instead of like a kid. Anyway, he was facing potentially charges of being a career criminal, which would add a substantial amount of time onto any sentence he might get for his most recent burglary. After uh, I interviewed him, I got the feeling that he wasn't going to talk. He wasn't going to say a word. In fact, he didn't. He showed no emotion, and his eyes looked almost lifeless. I spoke of another chance to clean the slate, but he wasn't buying it. I think the only reason he wouldn't speak to me at all was that, in my opinion, he was the killer, and he had nothing to gain by talking. I've never given up hope that one day we would learn of Bell Grimberg's final moments. I even hoped that possibly we could recover his remains and give closure to his family. This one case, one of many, torments me to this day. I still ponder what I could have done to bring the case to closure. If you would like to delve deeper 
into this and many other fascinating cases, I invite you to pick up a copy of my book, A Badge Well Worn. It's on Amazon.